Come join Libby and Molly, the ladies of consignment chats, as we build a resourceful community of collaborative resellers. Hey y'all, welcome to episode 89 of Consignment Chats. Today, we are doing one of our roundtables. Libby, what are we discussing in our roundtable today? Expired items, stale inventory. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, you have those money mountains. Molly's just back from vacation. She was actually climbing real mountains. I was climbing um, real mountains, y'all. I got bruises to prove it. <laughs> and wait, she was building a money mountain as she made her way down the coast of Maine. Um, Good thing you don't have a bigger car. Listen, we were in a, a four-door, not an SUV. Thank goodness. I was trying to get my SUV before we left, and Nick was like, nope, not doing it. Otherwise, it would have been... But we were gone for, what, two weeks? We started this vacation like two weeks ago. And I was like, I'm going to source along the way because who doesn't want to do that? Fine. And when we got home last night and started unpacking the car to the depths of things, I actually packed a big piece of luggage empty so that I could use that for things that I sourced. Nick was pulling stuff out last night. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't even remember that. He's like, that's because that was like day one in New Jersey. (laughs) I, I, we got so much stuff. It was crazy, but so much fun. That is really, really fun. And I, I did join Molly for, um, my son and I went uh, and joined for a couple of days uh, on the coast of Maine. And that was really, really fun. Yes. Uh, we went to an auction. You'll see the pictures on our social media. It was Molly's first auction. So that you all have listened fun. to previous episodes, which I sure hope you have. And if you haven't, you better subscribe now, join us and go back and watch the others. You'll hear over time where we talk about how I've never done an auction. I've always been very intimidated by them. So I got to do my first one with Libby and Avery. And I didn't get to see you bid. I was loading up my purchases in the car when Molly made her first bid. I missed the moment. She missed the moment that I held my little number up. But let me tell you, my nose was itching the whole time. And I'm like, I can't scratch my nose. If I scratch my nose, <laughs> uh-huh. I want that item. I can't scratch my nose. But yeah, that was so much fun. That yeah. was so much fun. It's a whole new world. It's a yeah. whole new world that we're in. That I don't know. I mean, do I get into all the worlds? I guess I do. But when I think about the things that I sourced, y'all, I got things from all different places, whether it was a thrift shop or a local or a yard sale or a flea market. And I even chanced on our last day in Bar Harbor, driving out, we went down a little side road and there's a woman with tables out pulling stuff out of a garage with a sign, free stuff. And I got out and I was like, is all this free? And she said, yep, just clear it out. Want to get rid of it. And I got some goodies, goodies. I mean, just chance to drive down that little alleyway and boom. Yeah. You never know. Diane Lassonde would be very proud, our New England friend. I needed you because you had the big car because there were some beautiful big pieces that we just couldn't do. I had to drive away from them and leave them to somebody else, but somebody's going to love them. My Honda Pilot is like the best sourcing vehicle in the world. You can Uh, stuff it. Yeah, I can. When it dies, it's it's getting up there in age, but Uh, I'm quite attached to it. I'm quite attached to it. All right, well, listen, I think we should hit this round table. Yeah, we're talking all about these money mountains. Let's talk about 
what we do with the stuff that doesn't sell or what what how happens. long what do we what do we how long yeah there's a lot to talk about let's check in with our community all right let's go all right all right today we are we have one of our reseller roundtables and we're going to be talking all about expired items and I think the best way to do this is kind of go around. Molly, you can call on people. And I think we just need to talk very briefly about what we are doing with our expired items currently, what the pain points are, and then we're going to circle back around because, or what your main pain point is. And then we'll circle back around and see what kind of ideas you have based on um, other people's pain points. This All right. I think that sounds like a good idea. Do you have a pen and paper to keep notes? Because you know we always forget what somebody said. Heck yeah, I do. Because <laughs> after we're done with this, we're going to do a summary and uh, come up with some more ideas to be helpful based on your pain points. So, yep, I'm taking notes. All right, good. Stuart, <laughs> you want to start us out? Sure. So, I mean, I may be a little different than the other people since I don't really do that much consignment. Uh, but of course I do have, you know, items that sit around for a long time and, and I do a little bit of a of consignment, but, uh, basically, you know, I guess I'm fortunate that I have a lot of different outlets. So what I tend to do with items that get stale or that I've had for a long time is, uh, you know, I'll just move them around to different outlets, you know, whether it's from online to my booths or, you know, online to whatnot, or, you know, boost online. I mean, I'm constantly moving stuff around in that way. Um, and I know a lot of people may not have all those outlets to move stuff around, but even before I had like the different like brick and mortar stuff and whatnot, um, before I was cross posting everything, I mean, I would constantly move stuff from eBay to Etsy, you know, Etsy to Macari. And so, you know, just sell on multiple platforms. Uh, now that I use list perfectly to cross list, I don't do as much moving around. And I mean, and to be honest, a lot of times I just leave stuff out there. I don't really touch stuff, you know, that often. Um, you know, once a month I try to go through and pick items that are really old and, you know, see if I want to, you know, either move them somewhere, just leave them where they are, just, you know, pull them and donate them or whatever. I mean, for the little bit of consignment I do, Mine's probably more informal than a lot of people's maybe since I do it more for just some other, you know, booth people that I have at my antique mall. Um, you know, I'll just follow up with them once a month and just make sure, hey, do you want me to, you know, keep this listed? Do you want it back? Do you want me to give it away? You know, whatever. So, uh, but really it's just moving things to different outlets is the way I handle most of that. Yeah, that's nice to have that option. Yeah. So you check in with your consign. If it's a consigned item, you're checking in with your consigners. It sounds like you have a pretty good process for um, dealing with. And there's a lot of there's a lot of brick and mortar people that are very interested in this topic because it it presents an extra an extra challenge when you have a you know storefront and floor and limited space and you're always getting new consignments so I love the idea of kind of moving it around finding other outlets for it and cross posting maybe some of those items um, you know in a brick and mortar can go online we're going to talk about other things as well but yeah love yeah. that thank you Maggie how about you so I I really only handle clothing um, every once in a while I'll have something 
that is not clothing related, but most of my pieces are clothing. And if something has stuck around for a really long time, I'm so small scale that I like to take the time to turn it into something else. So I just have this here. So this is a bag that I wove out of uh, three pairs of shirts that couldn't sell. And it's got some cool fringe going on. So for me, if, if there's something that I can't sell anymore for whatever reason, even if it has a hole or it's got a stain, I like to upcycle it in a different way. Um, my daughter is three right now. And you know, kids that age, they're a different size every two hours. So it's really easy to take like big old t-shirts and turn them into cute little summer dresses for her. And I can cut around, you know, armpit stains or whatever, and she doesn't care and I don't have to keep buying her clothes. So I'm, I'm fortunate that my business is still on such a small scale that um, I can still recycle pieces that way. And just remind people that just because you can't use an item, it doesn't mean it can't have a second life in a different way. That's a really interesting model, but also the point, if somebody has expired items or items that they can no longer use in their inventory, to find someone like you, or I'm sure there are people out there that, that are doing this and finding an outlet rather than putting it maybe in a donation bin or whatever, that is a really, that's a really cool idea. I mean, I know we do that with furniture, but I haven't done it with clothing. (laughs) I guarantee if if you put together a bundle of like 20 pairs of jeans and put it up on Facebook marketplace and say, Hey, these are not saleable, but they're great for a craft project. Someone will give you money for them. Absolutely. Cause there's a lot of people like me who constantly need new pieces. And as long as there's a decent price that you're willing to give them, they will make that deal with you all day and they will come back to you time and time again. Great advice. Wow. All right. So like a a, ba- a bundle of bundling the items as scrap mm-hmm. and selling them that way as like to crafters and things. Which we've done with jewelry, Libby, but never thought about it with clothing. Never. Never once did it with clothing. Do it with jewelry all the time. Brilliant. Wow. Brilliant. Wow. Thanks, Maggie. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that with the stuff that consigners give you that might be ripped or stained yeah it's like I have a consigner that doesn't check her stuff you know if she gives it to me and um, I I could put 10 pieces together in a junk pile rather than just trashing it sure sure yeah absolutely I love it all right Tiffany tell us tell us what you do how you handle those items all right Libby and I have talked at great length about this (laughs) but I kind of fell into consignment and when I fell into it. I didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't have anyone to show me. I didn't know. I couldn't find a lot of information out there on it. And I just started selling stuff for a friend. So because she was a friend, really good friend, I, I don't, I didn't have a contract. I didn't have a, 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 an expiration date. I didn't have anything like that. And then that just kind of snowballed from there. So now I do have a contract, but I still, when I created it, I didn't put an expiration date because I just couldn't be that person (laughs) that like cut people off because my policy, I mean, I really firmly believe that everything sells eventually and I sell stuff, you know, especially when people give me glass or China or whatever. I mean, that sells three or four years later. So I just couldn't see putting expiration dates on people. So I don't have expiration dates and I do sell on all the different platforms, you know, thank you list perfectly. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just 
you know, try to promote and change prices or I'll have a live sale where I try to promote some old, older items, but I do not expire my items. So that's how I am right now. Okay. And are you going to keep it like that? Are there, there are challenges involved with not setting an expiration date for you? Well, there are challenges, I, but there's also challenges if I do set it. So I'm, I'm kind of torn between that, but I have considered maybe doing, um, because I can't be a 60 or 90 day person. I, I have considered maybe a year even to give it like a good time for someone. I mean, I just can't, I'm not, I don't know. What are your challenges with setting a limit? You said there's challenges both ways. I'm just curious the challenges. I mean, I can see challenges with not because then where do you put all this inventory? How do you accept China, China, China that takes up so much room to store if you, you know, it takes three years to sell and you have 10 people come in with full sets of China and you're going to give it 10 years. You know, I, I get that, but what are the challenges by setting a date? Um, I track everything by a spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's a whole nother aspect I have to add to the spreadsheet. Okay. Um, another, you know, I don't know if it's another column, but a whole nother thing. Um, that I'd have to wrap my head around. Um, right. And if I only did it for some people, but not others, I mean, I don't know. It would just be weird. Like if I started, I could start it now with new people, I guess, but then I'd have to. <clears throat> yeah. I think you'd have to do it across the board, I would think, but. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, that that's good because I, all right. So Tiffany and I are like very opposite in this, res, in this respect. And um, I have to say that I've gone through in 10 years, a cycle of what to do with expired items. And it has changed very frequently. Um, but I think our policy is pretty, I'm going to say it's on the other extreme is we do things for 60 days. And at the end of that, it becomes store inventory. Now, there are those exceptions for higher end items that are going to take a long time to sell, um, but they are they are few and far between. Uh, so we do we do that. They expire. They're transferred to store inventory. And my take on that, after having gone through several iterations of this, is we put all that time and money into listing something, and it allows my consigners to give me lower dollar value items. So like our cutoff is, is $20, $20 resale value. So I couldn't, I couldn't process those items because they wouldn't, I wouldn't recoup my money, right? So it allows having an expiration date and having it transferred to store inventory gives me that cushion to be able to take those lower dollar value items where I can eventually recoup my money. Um, mm. Yeah. So, you know, I love to sell store inventory. Obviously, in the first 60 days, it is our prime goal to sell it for our consigner. We jump through hoops. We do everything possible to sell that item in that 60 days, but some of these items just aren't going to sell. So we actually operate on the opposite end of the spectrum. And what that allows us to do is once we have store inventory is there's several things we can do. We can have large charity events where we just donate the items and all of the profits can go to whatever nonprofit we're working with at that time. 
Uh, so that's that's pretty cool because it gives us the flexibility to do that. And the Whether consigners love that when they know their items yeah. are going to expire, that that may be what happens to those items. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it also gives us the ability to say if somebody has a fire, flood, uh, whatever the situation, a, a family in need, it gives us the ability to have them say, you know, go into our store, tell us exactly what you need and we will provide that. And they can pick out and, you know, kind of shop with dignity a little bit and, and pick those items. So it allows us to not only recoup some of that money, but it also allows us to uh, support these nonprofits in a little bit better of a, of a way. So, um, Great, I never thought about that. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it seems to work. We used to do, so with our expired items in the storefront, it looks a little bit different now that we're online, but I know we have a lot of uh, brick and mortar people. What we would do is every month we would have a charity sidewalk sale. Everything, we would take all the expired items and we would put them out and everything was $2. And all of the proceeds would go to, you know, whatever charity was selected that month. And so that was really good with getting rid of the expired items. Mm -hmm. And I, I do have to mention, all right, because I think this is the problem that most people are dealing with, with expired items and inventory. Not only is it stale, but we had a back room full of stuff that people didn't pick up, right? right. People say, I want to pick up when it's, you know, when it's expired, I want to pick it up. And, and what would we give them 30 days, I think, to pick it up? Like we were generous in the time you could come pick it up after. It I think expired. it was, I think, it, yeah, two weeks or 30 days. I think we changed it a couple of times. Very few people ever came to pick up their items. And then we were getting into like reminder calls and things like that. And it was just, it just wasn't good. And most of those consigners, honestly, and I'll be curious to know what our other brick and mortar people think that were picking up and going through their items, item by item by item. Why didn't this, they weren't necessarily people we wanted to select as our star consigners, right? Oh, right? So making that change, it felt a little weird to say, all right, well, everything unsold is gonna be transferred into store inventory. And then from there, we'll do whatever we want with it. It's our item. Uh, it was a little uncomfortable, but it was also very well, it was very well received and it weeded out the people that we really, that were too time consuming. Right. Right. The consigners that were too time consuming. Can I just add one other thing? Yeah. Um, I'm loving this discussion because what you guys do is just so different from what I do. Um, and same with you, Stuart, like I, in fantasy land, I have a brick and mortar store, but it won't happen in this lifetime. Um, but it's so nice to hear about other people's business models. And I think that there are a lot of people, I think you can really consider doing like a bulk sale to a reseller like me, because just like an item didn't sell for you, that doesn't mean that it won't sell for someone else, that it won't be a better fit for their business model. Because most of what I do comes from Old Navy and Forever 21 and lower end brands mm -hmm. that you guys might not be interested in, at all, but I can get them for such a low price because I operate mostly on donations or from shopping at the bins or doing bulk buys for my neighbors that I would love if you guys were down the street and I could come and just, you know, a dollar or two per piece, knowing I could flip that very quickly and very easily on Mercari 
just because your business model is different from my business model. Right. You know, whereas like you guys would love to get a Louboutin bag. If someone gave me a Louboutin bag, I'd be scared. It would sit on my desk for years because I wouldn't know what to do with it because it would frighten me. So they it, are scary. They are. I get that. I'm not gonna Listen, lie. It's a lot we, of liability. When we first started, we got a Chanel bag in and it gave me such angst until it was received by the purchaser and they loved it and gave us feedback. I just could not, it, it, it ate me alive for a month researching it, pricing it, making sure, you know, authenticating it, selling it and still praying that it was truly authentic and they got it. They loved it and all went well, but oh, those things can really tear you apart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got some fur in some fur stoles and I'm like real fur. And I'm like, Oh, I don't know what to do with this. Oh, <laughs> really gets you going. Yeah. I think that's a great idea about bulk selling to other resellers because that's true. I mean, Libby, you've got your guy that lives near you that will come mm-hmm. in that. I mean, he does that and he does like Stuart. He's in a in an antique mall, right? Or so, and so he'll buy some of the things that have been sitting and watch them and then say to Libby, can I come pick up a box of this, this, and this for a couple of bucks? Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So other resellers are, if you're shying away from that, I think that's a really good point. Other resellers are a, a great resource. I mean, I've, I sell a crazy amount of inventory for other resellers for whatever reason, you know, they have excess stock. I mean, a, a lot, a lot for other resellers and they're a good resource. So um, you know, that whole co- uh, hashtag collaboration over competition. Don't be, don't be afraid to reach out to other resellers. Their niche is not your niche. I work, I've worked yeah. with many other consignment and thrift stores and I can move stuff that they can't and they can move Perfect. stuff that I can't. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's worth it just to make that new friend. I mean, even if it's not worth it for the dollar value you get, just to have a connection can be really important. Because like I said, if I got a Louboutin bag, I will be calling you ladies. Like, right, I don't right. want it. To have those, right. You know, yes. that's not mine, but I've got somebody, you know, that I can recommend or, yeah. yeah. Those relationships are definitely valuable. So what would you, all right. So we have, let's say we have, because there's another question I want to ask after this. All right. So let's say we have a, a brick and mortar store, because that's easy, easy to visualize. The end of the consignment period comes, whatever that is, six months. Um, I'm going to speak up for Samantha here. So I know Samantha does, of sorting with Samantha, she does six months and then she runs an auction site on Facebook and she auctions it off. She doesn't keep anything over six months. Like she, it's in and out. Um, I think I keep things as until somebody buys them. I don't really get rid of inventory. I don't donate it. I'll clearance it. I'll do all of that good stuff, cross list. But um, I don't do that. I use it all for our charity events and um, just for our personal um, personal piggy bank, let's say. <laughs> um, so, all right. So somebody has a back room, or the end of the consignment period comes. And I think this is a really labor intensive kind of thing when it comes, what do you do? You have all this stuff on the floor that's expired. What would you recommend to somebody that was going through this? Let's say for the first time, what would be the ideal way that you would recommend? And Molly, I'm going to address this to you. 
Well, I could just tell you what we did when we were in the storefront. I mean, and it was, and I can't remember how many times we changed it, but we would have employees that would have times that that's what they would do. They would go through and pull expired items. And that was their job during that time of the day to take the printout sheet of what's expired and pull them. And we had boxes in the back with that consigner ID pull and put them in the box on the shelves in the back room. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was labor intensive. It was, and it was expensive. I mean, yeah. to hire somebody just to do that or spend all those hours boxing and sorting and then not recouping, but or the people that didn't come to pick up. But the other side of that is like, if you have these expired items, I forgot what I was going to say, dang it. <laughs> Oops. Oops. Edit this out, Molly. <laughs> no, right. it's just it's so much fun. <laughs> totally, totally just forgot. Oh, the other thing people would do is have their consigners come in and pick pick up items and take them off the rack. Now we tried this for a brief period. And I have to say, I found it like wholly disastrous. Yeah. Because, you know, you have shoppers, right? And then you have somebody like ripping through the racks, like a consigner ripping through the racks going, where's my, I can't find my, right. you know, what did you do with this? Like it got a little, it got a little messy. It yeah. got a little messy. So I'd like to hear from somebody that, that maybe there is a way to make that work. I don't but, know. And if you remember, I mean, they would pull them, but then they'd still have to come and we'd have to go through and make sure their items did match their SKUs. I mean, it still was time intensive yeah. for us in the end. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'd love to know if somebody has a better way to process that. Yeah. That would be interesting to hear. That might be something we need to put out in the group. Yeah. You know, I think that if you, I think when you have a brick, you almost have to pull the expired items off the, off the racks or separate them onto a clearance rack or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Online is, is pretty easy. I just like bulk edit my listings and the consignment and transfer them into store inventory. Like, it's just like literally clicking a few buttons for me, pay out the consigner. When I pay them out, I transfer all their stuff into store inventory and everything just keeps on flowing so it's been a little easier like that but I could understand and then if you're not donating taking off the racks putting it into store putting it transferring it into store inventory I'm kind of curious what your price point is like Tiffany do you have a price point like a minimum price point for the work you're putting in no. For items? No. Okay. I list anything or I sell anything. I take anything that is sellable. Well, it doesn't, you know, it's not ripped or stained or you know, whatever. And I will list it. And I, I just, I kind of look at it more like a volume thing rather than, you know, price per item. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then I, I have a box of like little tiny things. Like I have a bunch of little stuff that really is not, you can't list it for more than, you can't sell them on eBay for more than $5 or whatever. So I keep them, those in a bin and I have it labeled and I will pull those out. You'll see those in some live sales when they get closer to Christmas, because I'll have my stocking stuff for sale and I'll basically show all these things and, you know, a dollar each or whatever. Yeah. 
Now, all right, I'm going to throw something out there. I think that your minimum price point, not I'm not just speaking to you, I'm speaking to all our C chatters, our minimum price point, I, I believe should be tied to what we do when items expire. I really think that's a smart move to look at that. I know a lot of places, a lot of consignment stores, and I think it's pretty industry standard. If they, if the consigner is picking up at the end of whatever that period is, they don't usually take anything under $50 because it's not worth their time to do all that input, to photograph it, to track the consignment, to track the skew um, for like minus $20. And I can do $20 because I know at the end of that, it's going to be transferred to store inventory and I'm going to recoup some of that um, time and effort I'm spending into it. So I think it's worth thinking about, like think about what you're doing at the end of your consignment period and try to tie that to the amount of work and how much time and energy it takes you to process that item and make sure that you're being profitable with that. All right. Stuart, when you're sourcing stuff for your stores, do you have a, how do you do that price point wise? I mean, really I'll sell anything that, you know, I can make a dollar or two on, but, you know, I, I do try to mix in, you know, higher end items, like, I mean, especially through my brick and mortar, like furniture and artwork. Uh, and then, you know, my online sales tend to be lower. Uh, I mean, although I do sell some higher dollar things, you know, on eBay and the other online platforms, but, uh, you know, for the most part now, from a consignment standpoint, even though I don't do a lot, I do some you know, and, and I did quickly learn with consignment that, you know, it's definitely not worth your work, you know, if it's not at least 40 to $50, you know, selling price. Um, because early on, I mean, I was taking a few things that, you know, would sell for 10 or $12. And then by the time you take fees out and split it, there's just not any meat on the bone, really. They're left to split. To split. So, I do try to keep my minimum price point for consignment items to, you know, around $50. Sometimes I'll do a little lower depending on what it is or, you know, who I'm doing it for. But, uh, but yeah, as far as the stuff I source, um, you know, I, I guess, you know, probably $8 is usually my minimum selling price on most things, you know, and then that gives me a, a little room to like send offers that are, you know, up to maybe 20% off or it becomes like, like six dollars and 40 cents for things that I don't pay much for that I get for free um so you know I don't have like a hard I guess ground price but yeah around eight dollars is usually the minimum price I go for anything really regardless of whether it's online or, or in my booth so gotcha yeah so when I because I do both I can sign and source when I source I try to keep it 29 is my kind of in my head if I can sell it for 29 or more. However, that doesn't always stand true because sometimes I just find that extra special piece that I think is just going to bring buyers into the store online because it's a collectible and it may not sell for more than 15, but it's just such a unique thing that I think it's worth bringing the audience into the store with. So I do sourcing with that give a little on some of the, the lesser items, but I think Maggie, the way you do it when you're just mass purchasing from a neighbor and just buying them out of their inventory, that's probably such a good financial way to do it. 
I mean, because I would imagine your price point per item is pretty reasonable when you're. It, it really is. I have to say, I don't have to be worried about paying, you know, for storage because it goes in my basement. I don't have to pay what you have to pay for a brick and mortar. So it really is a different business model. Sure. But most of my neighbors are over the moon about getting 50 bucks for a trash bag full of clothing. Sure because they just want it out of their house. You know, I mean, my, my business is based on decluttering your house. So for them, the service is me taking the bag away. Anything on top of that is gravy. But for me, I know that that's three or four sales. I have my money back and then I have the rest of a trash bag's worth of clothing. Yeah. I think that's pretty, pretty cool way to do it. All right. I have a question for everybody. Just go around quickly answer. What is the old, how, what is the oldest inventory item? Like how many years or months or whatever that you currently have in your store? Oh, I don't know off the top of my head, but I'd probably say three to three years, maybe. I'd have to look though. All right. What, Tiffany? I know what mine, I know what item it is. I'm not really sure how old it is, but I think it's gotta be gotta be three years. It's one of the oldest things I listed when I first started. Oh, there it is. Okay. So I listed on a March 16th, 2019. And it's a Boy Scout, a vintage antique Boy Scout canteen. And it was actually mine. Oh, oh cool. And I don't know why it's not selling because it's cool. It's got a face <laughs> over it. Like, <laughs> everywhere. I have it at a good price. I just don't understand why people won't buy this. <laughs> right. Stuart, how about you? I was just looking at my spreadsheet and it looks like I have four items still in my inventory that go back to 2015. So I have a teapot that's at one of my booths. And then Looks like I actually have two things at my booths and two things that are online. So those are my old, my absolute oldest is that teapot. I acquired it in July of 2015. And wow. uh, it's been sitting at one of my booths on the shelf, probably been moved around a bunch, you know, but uh, for whatever reason, it hasn't sold. So, so you know, what's going to happen now that we've discussed it and it's recorded, you'll sell it this week. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's funny. You say that even with the, like the little bit of consignment I do. Two times now, the main guy I can sign for, you know, I've, I've asked him, hey, do you want me to, you know, keep this at, keep this at the booth or do you want it back? And he said, well, why don't you just give it back? And two times I've gone there and it's sold after he told me to give it back to him. So. I'm telling you, it happened. There's like this magic thing in the air for us in this business that sometimes you just have to have a discussion about it and poof, it goes. All right, Wait, let me look up all my old ones. Right, let's talk about it real quick. Let me give you, let me ID this item. Um, right, I, I have items that I listed when I first started, like like I just opened my Poshmark store and I'm trying to go back and like revamp the listing because sometimes the photos I took are horrendous mm -hmm. or the description is like super cute and it's like, no, no, stop it. Like I've learned so much. Um in terms of actual age, I don't want to talk about it and goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I love our old photos. I get a, I get a kick out of them. They're so bad. And oh, uh, I find them painful to look at. <laughs> <laughs> they, the descriptions for our clothing all say, you will look lovely wearing this. <laughs> I used to use filters for some reason, like they helped at all ever. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. right. 
All right, y'all, we are wrapping up on our time here. So we are going to have yeah. to say goodbye. But um, gosh, I can't thank y'all enough for another fun, successful roundtable. Yes, thank you so much. Hey, thanks All right, for guys. Having me. See you next Bye. time. See you next time. I love, love, love talking and listening to what everybody does that's different. I know, I know. All these money mountains that turn into expired or unsold inventory. I mean, we do sell most of it, let's be honest. But, you know, when we're doing high volumes, that those expired items or that stale inventory, it needs to be addressed. It really needs to be addressed. So um, when we were on, we do these roundtables you know, well, at least once a quarter, if not once a month, just depending. Uh, we do ask that people get on. I saw some people are trying to join. I know. Recording. Um, but we do, since we are recording it, we close it. Um, we get on five minutes early. So if you were trying to join us, I, I do apologize. Uh, next time, get on five minutes early, do your sounds, audio, video, and we'll do our like audio video checks. So that way we make sure that we're providing our audience with, you know, an intelligible, intelligent conversation that they can hear. Yeah. Uh, so uh, sorry about that. Just get on a couple minutes early next time. And uh, we will be so happy to have you. Absolutely. Feel bad about that. I mean, we did put it out there. Listen, but. it was really hard not to let them in, but you just don't know sound wise. And we're already in the middle of recording and talking. And so it's yeah. just hard to interrupt for that you know, yeah. that's the, the five minute early sound check is it's the way we have to do it. So yeah, maybe someday we'll come up with an even better solution. But until then, just come five minutes early and we'll get y'all set. That's right. <laughs> so yeah. oh my gosh, so our money mountains are which, you know, everybody else calls death piles, but you know, pass it on. We, that is what we call them. We want it to catch on. We want it to be the new buzzword. Yes, I don't yes. want to say death piles anymore. No. Nope. And I heard somebody on a podcast, I wish I could remember who, who actually said they heard somebody calling it Money Mountains. And I'm like, that's us. No way. It might have been the boys. Oh, I got to think of who it was. But yes, yeah, somebody said that. I'm like, that's us. We call it Money Mountains. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's working. It's working. It's Thank you all. Yes, we like to make these uh, death piles just sound so morbid and unbeatable. But a Money Mountain, I mean, who didn't want to climb a Money Mountain? <laughs> I got a couple behind me right now. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you should see my living room downstairs. Ooh. Oh Ooh. my gosh. All right. So it looks like we run the gamut in our, you know, we did a poll in our C private C-Chats community on Facebook about what people do with expired items or when they come off of consignment. There is uh, like Tiffany has does not have an expiration date on her items. She keeps them until they sell. Mm -hmm. um, I'll say I'm on the other, you know, extreme of that where we do 60 days. And then they're transferred to store inventory. And like I said, there are exceptions when you have that high end, hard to sell item. There are exceptions to that. Sure, sure. Um, but I really just, I really want to like hammer home that. Well, I think, I think this is totally my opinion that your, what you do with those expired items should in some way be reflected in your minimum consignment sales price. I mean, think about that. I know we talked about on this when I was in the brick and mortar and people in 
I, we could do it online too. I mean, I could do this calculation of how much it actually costs us to process an item, right. whether it sells or not. And do you the remember opening. what the number was? I don't, but I remember my jaw dropping when you did that. Like It was, it was, um, this was in the brick and mortar eight years ago. It cost us $7 to process an item, tag, labor, all of get that. Get it in the system, get it on the floor, yeah. steam it. Yeah. Yeah. $7 an item. Yeah. So you gotta, you gotta make money. Right. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I just think that was so brilliant when you did that back then. And that's why it sticks in my brain that when you did that and told me about it eight years ago or however many years ago it was, and, and I've repeated this repeatedly on other episodes when you said, you know, the more you touch an item, the less money you make on that. So mm -hmm. you want to touch an item that comes in as minimally as possible because that means you're going to make more money. So I just, your business sense is so good, Libby. Oh, like thanks. I like like <laughs> now I just need to read you that calculation for our online items. My expecting yeah. it may be, I, I'm going to guess it's probably like eight to $9 to process an item. By the time you pay the fees, you photograph it, you, you know, invest the labor and time into it. But I'm not sure until I do that calculation. It's probably not, I would say it's, definitely a little bit higher these days. I think it's a good idea to do that calculation. I also think that our listeners might be interested to see how you do that process because mm -hmm. I think it's very wise for, I would have never thought to do that. That's why I say you're the business mind person. I'm, I'm the creative minded person um, that I wouldn't have thought to do that. And it just, I think that's why Conscious consignment's been around for 10 years because you do think through those things and make sure. I mean, I could see where so many people just get into it and don't think through that part of the process. And mm -hmm. you've got to, to be successful, you got to make money. Yeah. So. And I mean, when you're doing consignment, you know, you have to worry about expired items. If you're giving those back, if you're always, you know, if there's no expiration date, whatever that is, just just consider that if you're reselling that calculation's a little bit, a little bit less complex. Like if you have, you know, no consigners, one or two consigners, I, I still think it's definitely worth considering. Sure. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Because then you think of your price point when you're sourcing items where you want to keep it, you know? Yeah. And all right, so you have those expired items, whether you're in a brick and mortar or online, you have to decide what you're doing with them. I say, uh, put it in your consignment contract, right? If you haven't downloaded our sample consignment consigner contract on consignmentchats.com, well, we call it an agreement. Agreement. It's not written in legalese or anything like that. Uh, know what that is up front, what the expiration date is and what you're doing with those items. And that'll help. I, I think that laying that groundwork uh, will help a lot. Oh, absolutely. Right off yeah. the bat, if they see it and it's clear what you're going to do, they can either agree with the agreement or disagree with the agreement. And if they disagree, well, we're not for everyone. Right. And I think as consignment sellers, we are so overwhelmed with inventory. It's okay to be a little picky and choosy and not be for everyone. Like you set the rule. Like I always say in my area here, there could be 10 consignment sellers like on my block and we still wouldn't be able to meet the demand. So lay the rules, respect yourself, you know, yeah. set it up so you, your service is in demand. Your service is in demand. 
Yeah. Uh, so just keep that in mind. All right. So we did all that. We know what we're doing with our expired items, the actual physical processing of them. So how do you take that into account, Libby? Like when you're talking about your money and how much an item costs in processing, if you're somebody who's going to physically pull those items and box them up, that's more time and money. That's more time and money that has to be added in there. Yeah, it definitely is. I know a lot of our sellers will do like we did the monthly uh, charity sale where the pro everything will go or some people just do clearance. They'll mark it way down. They'll do a clearance rack that's just um, as store inventory. So there are two things, right? You're dealing with the physical product and you're also dealing with the tracking of the physical product, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, for me, like I said, it's the, for us, it's the click of a button, right? And it's right. just transfer it into store inventory at the end of the, pay the consigner out, transfer it into store inventory. And from there, we use it for charity event for any number of any number of things. We can donate it, but it's ours to do with what we please. Um, after we click that button, uh, Consign Cloud, I have to put a little plug in here because I'm loving it because they have the bulk edit feature and it's so easy. Oh, love yeah, that. So just love clicking that. the button, transferring it to store inventory. Um, Sometimes I'll run a sale uh, before the items expire because, like I said, we do everything we can to sell it within within the that time frame for the consigner. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know what I thought about because we yeah. mentioned list perfectly a lot. Everybody was talking about that in this yeah. episode, and one of the things that I thought about right after we stopped recording the roundtable was somebody, and it might be Kathy Terrell. I don't know. There is somebody who uses list perfectly to put their items on clearance on one platform. So like if you had Poshmark maybe as your clearance item platform and you use List Perfectly to move everything over to that one platform for those items that are expired. If you want older items that you just want to get out of your inventory and get them sold, I thought that was a pretty good idea if you had a platform that wasn't where you base the main part of your store, like we're mm -hmm. big eBay people, but maybe we have a Macari account and we use list perfectly and just cross post clearance items in Macari just to boom. Like I know you use Facebook use Marketplace. It. Yeah, I use yeah. Facebook Marketplace quite religiously yeah. uh, yes, perfectly to, to clearance some of the old items. And use I just think it's such a good idea because list perfectly is so easy to use to do that. <clears throat> Excuse me, to do that with. It is. It what is. a great idea. It's like a great tool. So we have a video on how I use it to clearance my items. So definitely check that out. And I'll put the link, the um, affiliate link for list perfectly in the show notes here. If you guys want to try it out, it's, it's worth a shot. It's oh, pretty so worth a no brainer. <laughs> Obviously you heard everybody mention it at one point or another today. I know, I know. Oh, like we live for it, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's awesome. So um, some other ideas we had the, you know, you pull the expired items or you have your consigner pull the expired items, which we need to hear from somebody that does that. Yeah. Um, and does it well and your thoughts on it. So um, please pop that into the comments or come into our community and let's talk about that a little bit. Um, so I love Maggie's idea. Well, she had two awesome ideas. One was upcycling the items. Love. And the second was bundling them. 
for sale for scrap fabric um, for other resellers. Or for other resellers, yeah. yeah. You can do two, you have a scrap fabric bundle for people who upcycle, and then you can have a bundle of items that aren't scrap fabric, but that you have that you bundle for another reseller because maybe their audience is the right audience if yours isn't. I think that's yeah. a phenomenal idea. I, and now I wish we had done that in the brick and mortar, right? Because I'm thinking at the end of, you know, the monthly clearance sales for charity, there were still items left over. Some of them sure. um, the local thrift shop would come and get. Mm -hmm. um, but we could have bundled them for scrap fabric because there are oh, a lot absolutely. of so many crafty people in our community mm -hmm. and just done like a bundle of scraps for a couple bucks. Yeah. It's a great idea. Yeah. Way to go, Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? So that was another thing we did was we partnered. There were two different organizations that we partnered with that would come and they would get the leftovers after the charity sale because there were still some great I mean they were all things that had passed the inspection process and were like good right good items it wasn't like we were selling junk um and they would come and they would they would do a pickup and they were just always so happy to have those items so that was an easy easy way to get them get those stale items or get those expired items out yeah yeah so many good suggestions yeah. And, you know, I wanted to get into, I wanted to ask um, Stuart about whatnot, because I know he'd been using that and he'd mentioned he in his spotlight that he was doing that for some old inventory items. So I'm kind of curious about how that's going. So we need to do an episode with that because Maggie said before we went on, I don't think you were there yet, that she actually has just, she's trying to get approved now for it, was talking about how she's, ner how that's going to work and she's nervous and maybe that would be a fun episode to do well next month i have to tell you our topic next month is live selling so that's going to fit in really well we're going to do a whole month we're going to do a reseller roundtable all about live selling we know a lot of you sell live and mm -hmm. a lot of you are very interested in that and if we listen to clara and doug in our last episode a video is the way of the future and yeah, it provides it people it is just it's where things are going and as resellers, we like to be ready. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> All right. So. So to stay ready and to keep yourself on top of your game, you need to make sure that you join us in our Facebook group, subscribe, and find us in everywhere that we are so that you can follow us, right? Yeah, you don't want to miss out. You You're on top of your out. game. We're all there together, supporting each other. We're climbing those money mountains. Climbing those well, money today mountains. Today we were coming out on the other, we were coming out on the descent with those expired right? items. Those and expired item valleys. I don't know. We got to come up with a name for that. Um, and we want to recover some money from those expired items. Like, how are you going to recoup some of that money? Like, you want to, obviously, you put all that work in. You want to be able to process them in a thoughtful way that's giving back, but you also want to make some money on those expired sure. items or stale inventory. There's always a way to figure out both, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. All right, consignmentchats.com. Go there and find us everywhere that we are. All right. All right. Until next time. Cheers. Thanks for joining Libby and Molly, the ladies of Consignment Chats. 
as we build a resourceful community of collaborative resellers. Find all the ways to connect with us at consignmentchats.com. Episodes are available on YouTube and anywhere you get your podcasts. In addition, you can find us on Facebook in our Consignment Chats community. Until next time.